Three, two, one. You are listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. chasers of light to the purveyors of pictures to all of you listening this is the f11 photography podcast i'm your host kevin deal along with your other host brandon gory hey what's up everyone we're chasing light today baby it's getting hot in texas now Oh, yeah. So, uh, Brandon and I were just geeking around testing out some parabolic uh, reflector goodness. Parabola. Parabola. One of my favorite songs by the band Tool. Um, but, yes, uh, special shout out to Cheetah Stand, who uh, gave me a uh, a 38-inch parabolic reflector to try out for a review for my YouTube channel. Even though they're not sponsoring today's episode, uh, I got to give them some love. But sponsoring today's episode, we have... Luminar Neo, uh, Unleash the Power of Artificial Intelligence. We have some really cool modules we've been using from Luminar, like the Relight module. If you're a natural light photographer and you don't feel like going in and dodging your subject uh, because you're trying to preserve those highlights in the uh, the background, Relight does a really good job of that. Uh, I've been enjoying doing sky replacement. I've been enjoying actually just using their accent slider to just tweak photos out really quickly. Uh, what have you been enjoying on Luminar so far, Brandon? Well, when I shoot soft, I've really been enjoying the, uh, the light retouching. I like the micro contra- contrast adjustments in both the uh, the highs and lower ranges of light. I also like the uh, the body shaping tool and the face adjustments you can make because it makes my life a lot easier as a portrait photographer. Yes, um, and I also was messing around with the sun rays. So I did a, a sh- early morning shoot, and I loved the way that the rays were uh, working in like the tall grass, but I didn't like the way that the rays were on the upper part of my frame. So I just, I took the light ray module, the AI module and started messing with it. And I saw these really cool beams. You can control how many there are, how much dust it's hitting, particles it's hitting. And so I really like elevated the photo and it looks realistic. The most important thing about that with artificial intelligence is uh, sometimes it gets a little too, uh, uncanny valley on the skin and things like that and so i thought it was pretty cool uh if you're listening and you want to check out luminar neo uh you can check out a link in the description below to get 10 percent off your copy they have a both a perpetual license and then they have a monthly subscription you can also use kevin 10 as your code on checkout and it'll give you 10 percent off so moving on to today's episode now that we've gotten the sponsorship out of the way uh, you may have tuned into one of our previous episodes where uh, photographers talk about models. But on today's episode, we're going to have a model talk about photographers. So welcome to the, the studio here in Austin, Texas, Sophia Bashan. How are you doing today? Great, Kevin. How are you? Awesome. She's like so amazed by watching me work the board with these sound effects. She's like, he usually just takes pictures of me, but now he's working the board and messing with sound effects, this weirdo. 
Very professional setup. Very impressed. Thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. it. So uh, Sophia has worked with both uh, Brandon and myself on shoots before. Uh, we think it would be great to, to have a model in studio and do this on a regular basis because I know a lot of you probably listening are maybe looking to get into working with models, uh, maybe you want to learn more about uh, working with models, and what better source to uh, get the information from than models themselves. Uh, you can hear the perspectives of me and Brandon, and that's great, but hearing the perspectives from the models themselves, I think, gives you some insight that may help you uh, become better at being a photographer, a portrait photographer who works with models. So, Sophia... Uh, is a resident here in Austin. Uh, you come originally from uh, Tennessee, correct? Yes, correct. Awesome. And then uh, you ended up in Las Vegas at some point? Yeah, I went to pastry school in Pennsylvania, and then I had an externship in Vegas, lived there for four and a half years, and then I got really tired of the Vegas lifestyle and moved to Austin. Yeah, I uh, I often wonder in Las Vegas when I go visit, it's like people actually like live here and there's like a life that goes on here because it seems like the city is so focused around the, the entertainment industry that unless you're in the entertainment industry and it's something that you don't get sick of pretty quickly, you would get sick of it quickly, you know, and it just seems like a beat down, especially when it's like 125 degrees or something in the oh, middle of... Yeah, it gets so hot there during the summer. It's like, what reason do I have to be out here other than to make money? Because the whole uh, city is an anomaly. It's just like this big furnace uh, where money is being exchanged. So it's interesting. But you ended up in Austin and uh, you decided to model. What, what, what made you decide to model? That's an interesting question, actually. I just kind of fell into it quite randomly. I met a few photographers. One was an old coworker at a bakery here in Austin, and he could just convince me to start shooting with him and build my portfolio with him. And then jobs just started coming after that, and I started doing runway, commercial work, all sorts of different modeling all around the U.S. So Now, you do runway, but how tall are you? I'm five, eight and a half. Okay, so if you're a model listening, you're always you're always told that you have to be five ten or six foot to walk runway. But here I am sitting with a model who is not five ten or six foot, and she walks runway. So that's pretty cool. And you don't just walk runway here; it's not just a one off thing. You walk runway in other places, correct? Yes, I've been in last season in New York Fashion Week, and then two seasons of Austin Fashion Week. Now, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, New York Fashion Week, because I know a lot of models who walk here in Austin uh, dream about going to New York and doing New York Fashion Week, because if you're listening and you're not hip to uh, the fashion world, fashion really only happens in a handful of cities. Uh, it happens in Milan, it happens in Paris, it happens in London, and in the United States, it happens here in New York. So uh, that's why I don't put on a fashion photographer, because I live in Austin. There's really not a lot of fashion here. But going to New York is like the Super Bowl uh, if you're uh, in the U.S. for Fashion Week. So tell us a little bit about your experience going to New York and uh, what did you learn from it? It's definitely a requirement to go to New York for a model. I think it's a good experience to kind of just dump yourself into such a big metropolis of so many people and see if you can do well under pressure in those situations. Um, I fortunately virtually casted, so I didn't have to go into physical in-person casting, so I missed that um, fear of being with a bunch of other people. Um, 
But it was an amazing experience. I would definitely do it over again. It's definitely not for the money. Runway in no way is to make money. I didn't make any money walking in the show that I walked in. And the friends that I have that walked did not make money as either. So you're sitting next to two editorial photographers. Uh, we know exactly what it's like to uh, work and not make money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's it's like, hey, I have this really cool story. Let's go shoot it. Nobody's getting paid, including the makeup artist or the stylist. We're just doing it for the fun of it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, but it's it's good to have on your resume, I'm sure, saying, oh, yeah, I walked in New York Fashion Week. It's like, okay, well, there's not a fashion week you can walk in in this continent that's any better. That's very true. And you got to go to Paris or, or you got to go to London. I think you'd play really well in the London market. I believe so, yeah. I'm a little scared of Paris um, just because I'm not necessarily their niche of body style. What she's saying is that she's not rail thin, <laughs> where rail thin is considered fat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not gaunt with your eyes popping out of your face. Yeah. Well, that, that does bring up kind of an interesting subject about body types because... I always hear these models say, I wish I looked like so-and-so, you know, it seems like nobody's completely happy with themselves or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just interesting being a photographer and listening to models talk about what their opinion of modeling is, what they think things like, I need to do this to do that. And it turns out that that's not actually true, but, um, on the subject of bodies. So in 2023, it's more acceptable than it used to be to have tattoos. You as I'm looking right now, have some really awesome tattoos down your yeah. arms. Do you feel like, or have you experienced that closed doors yet open up other doors for you as well simultaneously? I think so, really. Um, it depends on the company and brand and the person that you're working with. And I think it really helps you see the people that you want to work with potentially more in the future um, when they tend to be more inclusive and accepting of tattoos. Um yeah, honestly, if anything, I've found more artists being tattooed and had just less commercial brands reach out to me, which is completely fine, in my opinion. Yeah, I've, I mean, pretty much every model I shoot with has either, like, uh, uh, I mean, they, you know, if they don't have sleeves, they'll still have, like, something on their ankle or something on their wrist. So I do think it's becoming a little bit more socially acceptable. So modeling and getting into it, it's it's a lot of legwork. Um, I know people who have thought about modeling, and when they talk to me, they're like, "Oh, it's it's so much this like it like I don't have to put much work in. I just sit there and pose, and everyone else does the work for me." And I mean, did you think that beforehand? And if so, what do you what do you think now of of the legwork that you have to do as a model to start getting paid gigs? I really, I don't know if I ever thought that. I had some experience in photography beforehand, so I understood that side. And then I was a trained ballerina growing up, and I did competition and competitive dance. And I think that, in a way, is similar in the mindset and the performance. And Especially to a runway, because you're having to like get dressed in the costume yeah. changes and real, real fast, I'm assuming, right? Uh-huh. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where in ballet, you're never good enough. You know, there's always something that you need to improve that needs to get better. And I think modeling, it was like that in the same way for me. And so I was like, okay, this makes sense. It would be something that I would always have something to move forward with. There's always like a next step. That's that's interesting that you say that ballet, the, the mindset going towards it is that you're not good enough. Um I know a lot of people, I'm sure you do as well, where they assume that modeling is you have to be close to, if not 
perfect, and that's the barrier of entry. I mean, as anyone? No, not not even a little bit. Exactly. As somebody who edits <laughs> agency models, I can tell you that there's no such thing as a perfect person. Yeah. It, it actually, it's actually kind of an interesting commentary though, because I always hear models go, "I wish I had this on so and so, or I wish I had that on so and so. I wish I, I wish I had, you know, whatever arms like theirs or legs longer, as long like theirs." That model, that exact model that they're like envious of, when I go shoot them, they say, "I wish I had." blank of so-and-so it's like there's there, nobody's 100% happy and 100% perfect so like if, if you're a model listening that's something I want to get across is that like uh yeah there, there's nobody's perfect and real quick on the subject of perfection and, and ballet just if you're listening and you ever shoot a dancer I, I let them pick the photos because there are little nuances in their moves that you know nothing about because you know nothing about dance, let them pick their photos because you go, oh, that looks like a great photo. And they're like, no, I didn't execute this one thing on my move. Like, just trust me on that. Like, I just let them pick that out for sure. You are listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. Brandon had mentioned you having to work really hard. And we had a conversation in our episode about models, uh, about sign models versus unsigned models. And... It seems like sign models, because it's the expectations of their agencies, is that they have this persona that they have to follow. The agency has decided based off of their digitals that, hey, you're going to be this edgy model, even though they may be bubbly in real life. We've noticed uh, working with unsigned models that a lot of the shoots are more based around their own personalities and they're not necessarily becoming somebody else. Uh, do you Do you find that freedom to be... Do you, do you like that freedom of, of not having somebody telling you kind of who to be and what to do? Because, and also, is that maybe a reason why you haven't landed with an agency yet? Possibly. That might be the case. Um, I don't hate agencies. I don't love them. I'm quite picky with the way that a lot of agencies deliver their information to models like that. They, they kind of like mold them into people that they aren't. Um, or push them towards things that just really don't go for them. So that's a, I mean, that's a great point. So, uh, another thing that Brandon and I commented on in our episode where we talked about models is we often find that non-sign models seem to be m more, uh, willing to take risks, uh, as far as like, Oh, there's this like shoot that we're going to do and we're going to work on this really crazy concept. And I'm totally fine with it. I think that would look great in my book. Uh, but I also find that a lot of unsigned models are better at posing than signed models are. It's almost like the, uh, they're discovered these, you know, these signed models get discovered early and then they were kind of tinkered with and messed with, and then they have their base poses that they go into. But I often find that unsigned models have much more creative posing, uh, because maybe there's nobody like standing there kind of telling them what to do. And, uh, you know, I don't know, what do you, what do you, what have you been in your experiences, uh, with, you know, cause you know, a lot of signed models and unsigned models. Do you, do you kind of uh, see that and observe that as well? Or, you, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think so. And I think all of it has to do with complacency. Um, cause I know girls that are signed with small agencies that do really, really well, um, I think it's just they don't take that time to look at themselves in the mirror and pose and see what your body looks like and don't just look at the popular models right now and what they're doing and what they're wearing. But does that going to look good on me? Can I do that pose? Well, it's interesting you point that out because I work with 
all different types of models. I don't, I don't really care if a model signed or unsigned. I just care like how they photograph. As a matter of fact, I've worked with some agency models that have been terrible. I mean, like just like how the hell did you get signed sort of situation. And I've also worked with uh, several models such as yourself where I'm like, damn, she's as good as agency models I work with. And, um, what I find that's interesting with a lot of models who are unsigned is they have this drive to get signed. And the funny thing is, is most of the models that I know who are signed, they bitch about how little work they get from their agencies. And so it's like, it's like, okay, like getting, they think, they think that like getting signed is like winning the fucking lottery. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, getting signed is like the start of something. And I find that the most successful models signed or unsigned are the ones who hustle themselves and don't expect other people to do things for them. It's no different with um, photographers. Some photographers have agents who represent them. The agent doesn't represent them necessarily to get them work. The agent represents them if they have some really complex commercial project with a really complex contract. The agent's there to work on their behalf to try to get that contract as favorable for them as possible. They're not out there going out and like booking them gigs. That's something you have to do yourself. And and so I find that that, that, that hustle, I, I, like I said, I find that a lot of these signed models, once they get signed, they just get complacent, as you said, and they're like, they bitch about, oh, I think I'm going to go to this agency now because my agency's not getting me work. And it's like, you know, I know three models from the agency you're thinking about going to, and guess what they say? They bitch about their agency not getting them enough work. So <laughs> I don't think that that's the, uh, I don't think that's the uh, gift you think it is. No, yeah. And it, it's just like anything else. You get out what you put in. And the more people you network with and the harder you work, the more you'll get out of it. So in terms of networking, you know, it's it's really interesting because as a photographer, if you want to uh, network and work with people, usually it's it's sitting down, it's meetings, it's emails and stuff like that. It's reaching out to art directors and creative directors of different brands and stuff like that. Um, you know, just for models who are watching this and getting into it and, you know, don't know where to begin, is there any sort of methodology um, to, to legwork or to, uh, getting booked as a model for you? Honestly, for starting out, Instagram, social media in general is really, really good for networking. Um, brands have their own social medias, managers have their own social medias, photographers that you may be inspired by that you want your portfolio to have their work are going to be on there. So it's a lot of the same things. Um, just networking with other people. And on social, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to, um, because as as photographers and models, you know, not all of our book uh, is going to be paid work. In fact, a lot of the things that help us is ongoing uh, time for pay work that helps us both build our portfolios and test out new ideas and grow as artists. And so within that line of work, do you find it more appealing to work with a photographer who's presenting an idea to you or do you enjoy more so coming up with your own ideas for shoots and um, picking a photographer for the idea? I think that all depends on what you're looking for. I personally really like working with people consistently, hence why I'm always working with Kevin and I want to start working with you all the time. Um, it's just easier. It's more relaxed because you're familiar with the person. You know how they work. You can kind of branch off of ideas that you've already had in the future. Um, so creating like an environment where it's very, very easy to, to try new things and test out yeah. new ideas. Okay. So that's, that's more important for you then. Yeah. And kind of having like a little community. Like I like having groups of people where we all kind of know each other and we can kind of like go back and forth. You know? Well, it was like in the episode where we talked about uh, models, 
I was talking about how I've kind of developed a reputation in this town for models. When they have a creative idea, they actually reach out to me because they know I'll probably be receptive to it. Whereas some photographers are just like, fuck you. It's my way or the highway. I got to take credit for everything. You're just some fucking model. You have no original ideas of your own. I mean, there's a lot of fucking photographers out there like that. I'm just going to put that out there with big egos. And, you know, they could never, ever live with the fact that another collaborator had a better idea than them. And I'm always just like, I want the best shots possible. And I don't give a fuck where the idea comes from. If it comes from the model, if it comes from the makeup artist, if it comes from the hair, you know, the hairstylist, the wardrobe stylist, if it comes from myself. Like, I've always been like, I just want to get the best you know, result possible. And I don't give a fuck who gets credit for it. Yeah. It's always fun when you're shooting a model and you've got this whole train of thought in your head and suddenly they just suggest something to you that is probably very obvious to them, but not to you. And then you just fucking stop in your tracks and do a 180. You're like, okay, fuck my idea. We're doing yours right now. Does that ever happen to you? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Yeah. I find like photographers do that to me a lot. They'll pull me out of my space that I was in and be like, actually, we're going to do something completely different with this shoot. And we're going to go here and do this. And you're going to have a moody setting. And we were going to do something light and airy and... I think you have to be open to the change also. Well, that, that actually applies also to posing. So like when, you know, something, this is something, and this is a complaint I have about some models. I don't have this complaint about you because you get it, but a lot of models think that the photographer is supposed to be like this ventriloquist who shapes them into whatever they're supposed to shape them into with posing. And that's just not realistic. It's like, it's like if I have to tell you how to be a model, that takes the bandwidth away from me of being a photographer. And when the model is modeling, they're not go not going, hey, Kevin, you should be at F11 on the shot, and you should go to your light and take the take it to one quarter power. Oh, and you should feather the light off so you have the inverse square law kicking in, and so that way you have good fall off so your white background is more of a slate gray. Because that's what's going on in my fucking head when I'm shooting. And so if I have to stop that and go... Oh no, put your weight on your back foot. Yeah, now kick your hip out to one side and put your hand on your hip. Tilt your head a little bit. No, no, not turn it. Tilt like that's what I have to do with non-models. And 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 you know, I call them subjects. They're not models. <laughs> and that's that's a that's another complaint of mine that I ta- I railed on, on on one of our episodes is you know, I know I know models have like stupid dudes who slide in their DMs all the time like, hey baby, and just like any lewd thing you can think of, they get that shit. We get the we get the subjects who slide into our DMs and they see us shoot models and they go, I want to look like that. And it's like, cool. Do you know how to model? It's like, no. And it's like, well, then you can't fucking do that because, because they're working on that. That's part of like, it's like, it's like, it's like somebody seeing a picture taken on an iPhone and like, I'm a fucking photographer now. It's like, no, not really. Uh, you gotta know, understand how this other stuff works. And, and so, yeah, but going back to it, like, you know, I need models to model. And that's, that's something I'm looking for in a model is like, I should just be giving you micro adjustments and that's it. And, and I, uh, to the point that he was making is that if I end up having to over direct, uh, then a lot of times I'll see you get into a pose that's a thousand times better than my direction. And that's when I go, yeah, let cooks cook, get the fuck out of her way and just let her fucking pose. And that's the way it should be. Uh, you know, when, when yeah, it's sort of like, uh, why should I suggest poses to you? I don't model. I mean, do I look like a fucking model to you? I have a voice made for radio and a face made for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. You never heard I have a face made for radio? <laughs> That's brutal, dude. Well, and like it's, you it's said, I'm not you, you know? I don't want to have to worry about the lighting setup and the shutter and everything else. That's your job. I'll worry about me. 
Yeah, well, that, and, that's, and that's exactly it is the only time I make a suggestion and these, I call these micro adjustments are small adjustments you can make that there's no way that you can see because you're not looking through my lens. That's the only coaching I want to give a model. Anything beyond that. And I immediately like think less of the model. Like why do the fuck, why, why do they need me to do this? You know? And, and so, yeah, my, my, my code is easy. If, you know, if I, if I say during our first shoot that I want to work with you again, I want to work with you again. If I shoot you on film, I really like working with you because if you go check out our film episode and how much it costs to shoot a fucking shot of film, uh, if I'm spending $2 every time I push a shutter release, I clearly like working with you. So by the way, we're not shooting film later today. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Uh, we aren't, we aren't shooting film today, but it has nothing to do with that one. As we're, we're shooting later today for those of you who are listening, uh, we're going to do it. It has to do with the other person on the shoot. I won't take it personally. Oh, well, I'm not worried about that. But anyway, uh, so, so yeah, I, uh, so I was talking to you about what I'm looking for, uh, in a model. And we talk about what we look for in models in our modeling episode. What do you look for in a photographer? <sighs> A lot of things. Just someone who understands what they're doing in their realm and is very calm and collected in their realm. Like, I kind of the same thing as you. I don't want to have to worry about the photographer. I want to worry about what I'm doing. It's hard enough to pose and figure out what I'm doing is correct and make myself look good. So, I, I really appreciate a photographer that is prepared and on time and ready and has everything they need. And, um, I also, obviously, their work. Um, I like it to hopefully closely match my portfolio or move to a, a further point to better my portfolio. So that's generally what I look for. This is Jason Berkman, and you're listening to the F11 Photography Podcast. Uh, we're going to shift gears now because I'm old. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, terminology and slang. So what, what what's up with the models being obsessed with everything? Like that's the, I'm, like they see a picture of their friend. Like I'm obsessed. <laughs> I I don't know. And, <laughs> and then, uh, and then that's a really good point. The last four models I've shot, bar you, every time I send them their photos, the first thing they send me is I'm obsessed. I'm just like, is that like a running it's fucking a, joke? And it's got to be. the thing like literally everyone uses literally or and there's a double standard there because if i told a model i was obsessed with their photos they'd never work with me again <laughs> they'd be like you're a fucking creepy dude <laughs> i'm just saying and then the other one um heard that's a good one heard. that's a kitchen term mm. it's a kitchen term heard yeah. like i understand right yes yes okay and then the other one is bet you bet? bet? Yeah. So if All I All right, bet. Uh, so like so like are we on the same like cool, we're on the same page. Bet. Awesome. Okay. Right. I think it's short for that's, that's a bet. What? That's yeah. a bet? The yeah. kids can't even agree on their own slang. No, because so, so I'm I, I'm totally <laughs> justified in asking what this. the fuck does this mean? I used to say it when I was in high school. We're like, different generations though, so maybe it changed. Well, that's it. Like if someone says something, like someone would say that's a bet, and then they would also say bet, just depending on the person in high school. Okay. To, to yeah. me, a bet is something that I lay down at Caesars and the sports bookie. <laughs> and, and I don't gamble, so I don't really use that word very much. You can gamble at Little Caesars? I said Caesars. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking. Never mind. I was like, I was like, pizza's gotten a lot wilder than it used to be. <laughs> Maybe I said Little Caesars. That would have been man. I, I lay down a bet for today. some. You know, lay down a bet for some Detroit deep dish, <laughs> extra pepperoni. It's coming be, out after 13 minutes. Now I think 14. <laughs> that'd be a little odd. So, um. I'm going to shift gears and I want to talk about cosmetic surgery. 
Ooh. Yeah. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. So, you know, it's interesting. I had a model. I was uh, doing a shoot with her, and she was like, can I ask you your opinion on something? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, yeah. So I was doing uh, a shoot for this uh, cosmetics place, and when I was done, you know, it was a commercial shoot. And they're like, yeah, when I was done, they, they said, hey, if you ever want a nose job, we'll give you a free nose job. What do you think? you think I should get a nose job? And I was like, well, uh, did you get signed to this agency based off of your current nose? And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, then you probably don't need to get a nose job. So, but, you know, you get models all the time, you know, like, oh, I need to get new boobs or whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. What are your overall thoughts on cosmetic surgery? Because to me, I'm like, why don't you like, like, just pl let it play out a little bit. Okay. Like, seriously, like, uh, you know, people are asking to work with you. So. You know, I don't know. What, what what do you think, Brandon, about that? Uh, you know, that's a really difficult one because for some people, cosmetic surgery is just like enhancing their face, what's already there. And then for other people to get cosmetic surgery, it's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> You're a different person. You know, they shoot completely differently. You know, light hits their face noticeably differently. They look like they go from Catherine Ross to looking like Barbara Streisand or, or vice versa, hopefully if it's a better surgery. So... Um, I think it, I think it totally depends. I think if you're signed to an agency, that's a big deal because you're costing money, um, because your marketing isn't going to be the same. Uh, but if you're an independent model, it's, I, th I think if the surgery's bettering your portfolio and it, it, it just betters your overall, you know, look fair enough, but that's, it's definitely a gamble. Well, so my opinion on it is First and foremost, this this stretches across this this. Okay. I'm 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 a, of the opinion that I shouldn't tell somebody what to do with their own body. Okay, and that that goes across to uh, cosmetic surgery, but uh, you know I'd be lying if I didn't say that it didn't alter like considering somebody for a project. Like if if you look like the girl next door, and then you come back and you look like you know. The, you look like something completely fucking different. Like you live in North Dallas or something and you're part of the Highland Park high society. You get the, you know, get the, get the face redone thing. I'm not going to consider you for those projects. And I don't know if, uh, sometimes people think about that. Like, like, Hey, you know, you, you're like 20, like, like maybe, you know, chill the fuck out. Like you're not even, I mean, your brain doesn't even fully develop until you're like 21. Those, that's my opinion on it. I still work with people, you know, who, who get the surgeries done and everything, but I, I don't know. Like it's, it's a complex thing to talk about. Uh, but at the same time, people do, uh, hire you and not hire you based off of that. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely risky. Like Brandon said, um, I think it's obviously your choice. Um, I, I think small things are, fine because they're subtle and they might help a camera like getting something added to your lips or getting a slight little facelift or something but going drastic and getting a bbl or getting a boob job that's it really is going to change your whole body and yeah like you said the people that want to work with you and so if you want to keep the clientele that you have you have to go with what they want you know, it's interesting and, you know, I don't I don't talk about boobs much on this uh, channel, but I've never seen a boob job where I've been like, wow, that looks real. Like, I mean, I guess there's like very rarely because it's almost like a, a crapshoot. It's like, well, we think it'll turn out OK, but gravity's a thing. You, the way your body reacts to it's a thing. And, it, and then apparently, like, you got to get it redone every so many years or something. And it's like. Like what, 
like who the fuck in your life has like convinced you to fucking do this? You know, like I'm I'm very like anti like boob yeah. job. Like, yeah, I won't but, speak to that as a man, but as a photographer, if you know before boob job, you and you can pull off just like very very natural, very like elegant uh, swimsuits. After boob job, you're pretty much left with cheetah print and hot pink swimsuits. Well, and that 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 brings up something like you know models listening. It's the, we had a, we had a conversation about the types of shoots we'd refuse to do. Like, don't get me wrong, I like looking at women. I, I like you know, I, it's funny you don't choose your industry; your industry chooses you. And like 99 percent of the people who reach out to me to want to work with me are women, so that's who I work with. But like when you get the boob job, you know, like Brandon said, you kind of only get offered the types of photography I'm not into. Like, I don't want to take a picture of a woman in a bikini next to a fucking motorcycle like she's an accessory to it because it looks fucking stupid and it adds nothing to my portfolio. It's the same reason why I don't shoot boudoir. Boudoir is cheesy as fuck, and I don't think it adds anything to my, my portfolio, despite the fact that there's usually a beautiful woman on the other end of the camera in it, it. It does absolutely nothing for me. And I just think that, like, you know, if you do get some sort of crazy cosmetic surgery, like one very real scenario is that you may get booked for different types of work and it may not be the work you set out to get booked for uh, when you went into that cosmetic surgery. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, that's just something to consider. I mean, you know, I, I will say that it's, I, I, you know, I've never actually seen someone who's gotten drastic surgery done. And I, I was just like, oh, wow, I'm that was worth it. Like, like. That, that 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 turned out amazingly. Like now, now you're gonna go get signed with Next Models or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't think it works that way. And I think there's already so much risk in having your career path be your physical appearance that when you go into things like that, you have to be extra, extra, extra cautious and like weed through it with a fine tooth comb. Figure out if your doctor's even good, you know? Like, figure out who's even seen this guy. You don't want to get botched. Then your whole modeling career is down the toilet. Yeah, then you become Michael Jackson when you just start hacking away. (laughs) Like, I don't like the way this turned out. And now I'm just like, who the fuck is that person? Yeah. So, pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's something something that uh, is a very real thing. And, you know, I hear people talk about wanting, you know, 20-year-old, and I'm sorry, they're women, but to me, they're girls. It's like these 20-year-old girls talking about getting, like, surgeries that I hear 43-year-old women talking about getting. I'm like, why the fuck are you even, like, why are those words even coming out of your mouth? Like, no offense, but this is as good as you're naturally going to look right now. Like, these are your fucking prime years. Like, enjoy them. Because years from now, you're going to look back at these pictures and go, wow. <laughs> you know, like, you know, age, aging gracefully is a thing, too. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like... This is this is the only time you're ever gonna look like this. Like enjoy it. Yeah. Don't don't hack it away now. That's just that's just you know. Yeah. That's just my opinion. My philosophy is if you want to make positive changes to your body, you start hitting the gym five days a week and get on a nutrition plan. Yeah. That's a quick. That's a quick and like long lasting. Yeah, healthy I'm a yogi. Way. You know, just oh, yeah. <laughs> go climb a mountain. Exactly. That's your plastic surgery. So so uh, one thing that Brennan and I were discussing before this episode is that models love being shot on film. Yes. And 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 they never can give me a good reason why. I just think they like being shot on film for the sake of being shot on film. But I won't put you on the spot. Why do you like being shot on film? I think it's just prettier. I I like the way film turns out. Like the the kind of like pixely like what is that called? Grain. Grain. Okay. The yeah, grain it's on organic. the organic. Yeah. Yeah. I love just the way it turns out. So to give you a not too technical, technical talk about film, basically, when you look at uh, digital, if you were to zoom in, 
really big on digital, you just see all these tiny little squares, pixels, right? With film, it's organic grain structure. And so there's no, it's not algorithmic. It's just like these organic grains that are thrown together and it's on an emulsion and light is passing through it. And so there's just this more organic element to it. Uh, obviously, one thing I love about film is that you don't have to retouch as, as much. <laughs> Cause, yeah. But uh, thankfully, we don't have to retouch you too much. You're easy. But um, yes. I will say my skin does look 10 times better on film. I always love like the skin texture. Well, and the tones too. Yeah. Your, your skin tones look really good. Not just on uh, uh, black, uh, color, but uh, monochrome. So I think it looks good on that as well. But uh, no, we, we, we love we love people. We don't have to retouch too much. So it's our favorite. <laughs> Save some time. But, uh, but no, I was just, I was just curious because like anytime, like I've never heard anybody say no to film ever. Like they're just like, oh, yes, let's do it. And, you know. There. I worked with a photographer that told me he hated film. Oh, well, it's not for everybody. threw me off a little well, bit. Well, a, a lot of people, a lot of people my age and older came up on a film and most of them don't want to shoot on film anymore because of the hassle. It's just like. I can't instantly see what it looked like. Uh, you know, it was something that I used to do. I just don't know. It's it, the mo most of the people who are into film now are under the age of like 35. Like it's the younger generation, which is funny because they raise the prices so much that the younger generation can't afford to buy fucking film anymore. And that's, a, that's another podcast we did. But, uh, but no, the people with the most disposable income are fleeing film at the highest rate. And a lot of people like I'm, I'm an anomaly. Not only do I shoot on film, but I develop my own film. I'm very rare in that sense. Um, most people I know send it off somewhere else to get it developed. I am getting a little lazier about color film, but I, I just, there's something about developing black and white film that I love. But now I was, I was just curious because uh, I like shooting on film because I, I love the way it looks too. I just think that there's certain tones that you can pull out, especially with like uh, the Ilford Delta black and white films that I shoot you on a lot. There's just something in those mid tones on the skin that I just cannot get out of digital, no matter how hard I try. Uh, and they each serve their own purpose for me. Uh, I, you know, because film's so expensive now, I have to be a little bit more selective about the projects that I use it on. But uh, which is why, like I said, if if, I, if you're a model and I tell you, hey, I want to do a film shoot with you, that's that's my way of saying I like working with you because you don't fuck up a lot of shots for me. Like that's that's really the ultimate compliment for me that you know your body well in front of the camera because if I'm spending two dollars every time I take a shot, you better have your shit together. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, we're gonna shift gears to some fun stories uh, because uh, we we had a, a section in our uh, models. Uh, uh, episode where we talked about crazy stories about like just random shit models would ask us to do like a model asked Brandon to take his shirt off. I had a model who uh, claimed that she owned the rights to my photos, which is weird. So I would imagine though that uh, on your side of things, you get weird, creepy photographers sometimes, but I'd love to hear some stories uh, about uh, this, like, and this is if you're a photographer listening, you know, like, like pay attention, you know, yeah, to etiquette and things like that. Do you have any uh, funny stories that you can share with us about photographers? Um, nothing too crazy. But when I first started, I was working with a lot of new photographers um, that might necessarily not have the best etiquette in the world. Um, I would say a lot of people tend to be more handsy than they need to be. Um, oh yeah, that that's a pet peeve of mine. It's, it's like it's like uh, if you can't direct without touching somebody, you need to learn how to fucking do that because there are some people who just don't want to have their space violated, like at all. They just don't. Some people don't like being touched. Yeah, like even by like their partner, unless they're just like in the mood to be cuddled, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever. And so a lot of people are just completely ignorant to that, but go on. 
Yeah. So that um, overdirecting, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Uh, it does. I feel like I can't really get anywhere and I never feel like I relax because I'm just being directed by someone else the whole time. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, I've had a few photographers try to give me very late night phone calls to, you know, talk about what we're working on or whatever, or FaceTime me, um, just inappropriate things, you know, like where it's a little too far. Like if it's past 10, we might want to wait until the morning, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, I, well, I mean, if you're a working professional, like businesses do business during business hours. And if you're sliding into someone's DMs at 1130 or my DMs are a little different because you can answer a DM in the morning, but calling somebody, yeah, that's that's uh, that's definitely crossing a line there, in my opinion. I'm glad you said that because sometimes I get inspiration at 2:30, and I'm just like, you know, the model, the, the the shoots a month and a half out. I'm like, okay, before this leaves my mind, I have to just tell them everything, and then like, you know, leave at the end, like, oh, you know, like feel free to respond whenever whenever the fuck you feel like. That's why they have notes on your phone you just write notes and then you set a calendar reminder that next morning at 10 30 in the morning well, a message send is the bad. note you know like a message is fine that's, <laughs> that's true that's kind of random you know that's whatever but yeah. to facetime me is a little it's a little different i don't like being facetimed by people i, I do I like i can't stand facetime <laughs> when i see when i see that camera pop up i run away from my phone oh i, I haven't <laughs> i'm the same way my face hasn't been on a zoom meeting in years like like do you need to see me for any reason you just need to hear my ideas right yeah yeah i'm turning that shit off um it brings up another another related topic if you're a photographer listening and I, I, i'm gonna prove it um one way that you can not be handsy with a model besides just learning how to direct a model. Well, first of all, get models who don't need to be directed. But if you can find yourself in a situation where you do have to direct a model a little bit more, you get a subject. Uh, there's one very important thing you can do if you're like in a studio situation to avoid that, and that is shoot tethered into a television screen. I've never heard a model, and Sophia can confirm or deny this. Do you like having the TV up or do you fucking hate it? No, it's great because then you can see what's you're looking at what you're exactly looking at. yeah exactly because i can go you see it's it's almost like uh, the telestrator during an nfl game where they're drawing up a play or something on there you, i can literally like walk up to the tv and just go you see how your hand is right here and i can point to the hand and then go move it up here and i can literally touch the television all i want if i'm handsy <laughs> i can hands the fucking tv and then you don't get the model out of their comfort space and then they're like you actually build their confidence while you're shooting them and a lot of times you don't even have to get to that point because they can see themselves in basically real time at the speed of light hitting their eyes like, oh, I need to I need to pop my hip out a little bit more. Like I don't even have to tell them because remember, if they're a model, they should know how to model. And therefore, they can look at themselves and give themselves the instant feedback so you don't have to. And then it avoids that whole like putting yourself even in a scenario where you might have to, I mean, first of all, you shouldn't ever be in a scenario where you should have to be handsy with somebody. But if you are like a handsy type person, touch the fucking monitor. <laughs> Just saying like super like common sense if you think about it, but you'd be shocked at how many, cause I'm a hugger. I hug people, but I've just learned in the me too world. I let the model hug me <laughs> and then I go, cool. All right. <laughs> the me like, too no, seriously. Like, like, like it's, it goes back to the, some people don't like their space to be violated sort of thing. I don't, I mean, I'm a hugger, so I don't I, fucking care. But I, if somebody like comes yeah, up to me and hugs me, I'm like, cool, whatever. I used to hug models, you know, before and after the shoots. I was, you know, I always thought of it cause I grew up in that, that sort of family and I just, you know, like I thought it was just a nice greeting. And then, no, like starting like a year, two years ago, I just handshakes all the way. 
Yeah. I do I, fist bumps. I mean, in your guys' position, I think I'd be the same way. Like, and if, if you are that controlling on details and you really hate, like, hairs being out of line and necklaces being off, then hire a stylist and have them as your assistant on the set and have them fix the model for you and do their job because that's what they're for. Well, I mean, that's one of the, like, if, you know, I do work one-on-one with models a lot, uh, but models I trust. But if you're like kind of new to this game and you find yourself like doing shoots where like maybe a model's topless for a shot or something like that, there's never been a better reason to work on a set with a team. Because if you have a, like a female stylist in there with a, a you know, a female makeup artist, and then the model is doing a shoot where the stylist is like, oh, well, we're not going to wear a top on this. You don't have to like worry about being the person where it's like, you don't even have to ask them because the stylist and the model came up with that shit. And you're just like, cool, I'm capturing it. I don't have to worry about any bullshit where I push. I'm, I'm going to be accused of pushing somebody through a door that you know, maybe they're standing halfway in the door and they weren't sure if they're, they're waffling a little bit. And then maybe afterwards they wake up the next morning. And I was like, yeah, I feel like the photographer kind of pushed me through that door. You don't have to worry about any of that shit if you just work on a set, a professional set with a team. Although it is funny, I did work uh, with a stylist uh, a couple of weeks ago who just like didn't tell us anything. And then, you know, next thing I know, it's like, topless, this top, like, oh, fuck. Like, I, that would have been great to have cleared. You know, through, <laughs> I, like, I kind of need to know this stuff going into what the looks are and all that. Yeah. So that was a little odd. But uh, all's well that ends well. Nobody there was awkward. We're, it was a big set with, like, six people or whatever. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But, yeah, it's just using common sense. But, a lot, you know, the problem is that a lot of photographers are super artsy. And they're just stupid with people. Like they just, just like, you know, it's like they can't run a business well and they don't know how to talk to people well. And yeah. it's like, why the fuck did you get into portraiture photography as a professional? Because you have to know how to run a business. You have to know how to handle people. And, and you know, I, I used to, when I started off, I actually started off wanting to shoot landscapes because I, I used to be you know, in sales and like I dealt with people all the time. I was like, I fucking hate people. Like, I don't know if I'd really make that work. And then I, I found I started getting way more into portraiture, especially during the pandemic. You know, when you're on lockdown, you actually like seek out like I want to I want to just be around people because I've been like in cabin fever and shit and so you know I started getting way more into portraiture uh during the pandemic and uh and you know been kind of on that trajectory ever since and uh, you know it's not that I wasn't good at working with people I mean I I built a career out of it in sales but it was just like yeah I mean just it's interesting how some some things work out but but back to the point, though, is a lot of photographers are creepy because they just don't understand how to work with people. Yeah. And they say things like, well, that looks sexy, baby. You know, you yeah. look hot. Um, if you're unsure how to give the compliment, just don't give it. That's fine. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've had to, like, fine tune. Like, I've never said sexy because that is clear what that implies. Hot is kind of in the middle, but I've I've taken that out of my vocabulary. I, I just default to the word gorgeous or beautiful. Like, I don't think you can send someone to the wrong word, or just that looks great. Yeah, it looks fantastic, or you're killing it. Like you can you can find words of encouragement that don't imply sex. Yes, exactly. And tone of voice is a, obviously a thing too. So yes, now <laughs> uh, I, I've brought this up in past episodes and I think you might have been the model who unearthed this which is I was super self-conscious about talking out loud during the session but I think you might have been the model who said oh no no, no it relaxes me because I know everything's going well oh yeah I think I was it yeah. is very nice you talk through your steps of what you're doing so that I know what's going on during the shoot awkward silences are awkward silences especially when you're not familiar with someone and it's just just talk to the person they're just a human 
Yeah, you're doing well. Like just to <laughs> throw that in there. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah, I've I've heard like models just complain about photographers. Like he just doesn't talk. Like it was like six or seven minutes went by with no words spoken. And I don't even know if I'm modeling well. He hasn't shown me the back of his camera. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I help teach classes. I basically assist. I'm like the mannequin at Precision Camera, and then the photographers will like teach a photography class to new people that come in and. You see all sorts of different types of human beings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Those, uh, for those of you who li- who are listening, Precision Cameras a uh, store here in Austin. At the ground level, you find people at the ground level, mm-hmm. and that that is one thing we talked about in the episode uh, where we talked about uh, working with models is try to work with people who are a step or two higher up in a tier than you, because they'll pull you up to their level. Uh, and I always tell people like when you start off in those those lower scenarios, like, like try to get out of it as quickly as possible. Like a lot of those photographers, cause you're there with like super green people and people who don't know the etiquette. Like, and then you start getting associated with those people and maybe you're a totally stand up dude. You, you have good etiquette, but you're surrounded by like three or four people like you look sexy baby during those events. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to be associated with those people. It's not, it's not a good thing to have, uh, with my reputation. Yeah. So, you know, so we're talking about, uh, creepy photographers, like, I don't, I'm not friends with photographers I know are creepy, but I also don't block them because I want to kind of keep an eye on them. Cause I've noticed like the collaboration posts on Instagram, like I can see when a dude is perving out on your profile for every collaboration we've ever done. I'll get like eight notifications and they all say Sophia Bashan on there. I'm like, <laughs> okay, some dude's perving on her profile, but every now and then I'll get a photographer that I know is a creepy photographer and their MO is that they go and they like all your shit and then they slide into your DMs. And some of them are actually good photographers or just terrible people. And I haven't had that happen with you, but I've had it happen with a couple other models. And I was just like, hey, just want to let you know this guy is creepy as fuck. And they're like, yeah, I got the vibe, but sometimes they don't. And so that's something I very much appreciate about you. I met you when I first, first started modeling. And I believe you walked up to me with a list of at least five or six people. And you were like, here, these are the people to not con. If they ever hear you ever hear from them, just stay away. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my mom. I got to give my mom a shout out for that. Cause she's, she, she, she'd be on top of that kind of shit. She she'd, raised you right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she would, she would be like very informative and like, Hey, you know, here's all the information you need to, you know, that's, that's totally got to give my mom a shout out on that one. So, and she also has said that I haven't given her any shout outs so far. So I'm giving her the shout out today. So, but, uh, on how to, how to treat a lady on set, which is good. Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) You are listening to the F11 photography podcast. You want to know what's funny is a mutual photographer of mine. Of, of ours, a mutual, you know, photographer of ours. Uh, he reached out to uh, a, a model I shot a couple years ago who whose main profession is um, an exotic dancer at, you know, exotic clubs and such. And he reached out to my stripper friend. <laughs> and my stripper friend immediately texts me. She goes, do you know this guy? And I go, and I go, yes. And this is before I knew he was creepy. I just like started following him a couple years ago. And she goes, what the fuck's his deal? <laughs> and I'm like, if that's my stripper friend saying that, dude, you've got fucking issues. Uh, yeah. Some, some people... And I under I'm totally fine with open people. I love people that are upfront and open and honest and transparent. But sometimes you can you can put too much on the table. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have. So as I mentioned earlier in this episode, 
99 out of 100 people who reach out to me to work with me are women. 99 out of 100 people who reach out to me to assist me are men. And I don't think that that's, yes. So I have to, uh, I have to vet guys. Like I won't like the model such as you or somebody I've worked with several times. Like I, I rarely, you'll rarely see an assistant with me because I vet them. I just want, I need to make sure that they have good etiquette on set and they're not like, you know, oh, we're doing a shot where she's going to like not be wearing a top. She's going to cover herself up. You'll just see some dude go, whoa. It's like, okay, you are not mature enough to be on this set. Get the fuck out of here. Let's talk about our short time working together. Now that it's over, get the fuck off my set. So, uh, but yeah, like I got to be careful about that. I love Sometimes I like having assistants. Like if I'm outdoors, like like the session we're doing today, I wouldn't mind having an assistant to like hold a reflector. But I can I can you know make it, I can make it. She's pointing at Brandon. Hey. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon has shit to do today. Uh, but you know, like I, I like I like assistants sometimes. But a lot of times people are assisting me also to ask me questions because they want to learn, which I yeah. which I love. I love that. I, I love the fact that somebody thinks that much of me. But I also have to think of is me answering these questions taking away from my bandwidth from making this shoot as good as it can possibly be. So I have to balance that. And I usually like say, Hey, when we're like at a break or something between shots, you can ask me what I was doing or whatever, but I just have to be careful with some of these guys and it, it's guys. Like I've, I've had a handful of women assist me on sessions. Uh, and you know, I mean, let's be honest, like women, like the world is different for men and women and what you can get away with on set. Like I, you know, etiquette, your chest is your chest. It's not boobs. It's not tits. It's not any of that. You don't say those words on set. I'm just saying them as an example because guys will say that shit. Yeah. Your ass. It's not an ass. It's a bo- bottom. Like you have to. Guys, Buttocks. Yeah. Buttocks. Guys, guys have to be mindful of that shit. I'll be on set and I'll hear a stylist and the model will just like talk about tits or boobs or what I'm just like, yeah. yeah, I'm not fucking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not chiming in on this. That's, that's women. Like they yeah. can get away with that shit. But, but at the same time, it was like that, that shoot the other day where the stylist just assumed that the model would be fine wearing super sheer, no bra look like, yeah, we should have probably had a conversation about this ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if it was, uh, I'm not saying that women are privileged because it's a male dominated society, but I do think that spe- specific scenario was a sort of a privilege where it's like, I would never ask a model to put on a sheer top with no bra without having a fucking conversation, just like hand it to him and go, here you go. Like how to fuck your reputation up in two seconds flat. Yeah. And, and that is, it's true. Whether you're male or female, um, I know of a model that had a really bad experience with a female photographer and stylist. And she pushed much further than any male has ever pushed her. And she was very uncomfortable it's funny you mention that because yes, I actually know of a photographer who a female photographer. I've had three different women independently complain to me about a female photographer that I've never met. I don't know her. Like I have no. It just came up, mm-hmm. you know, shooting them. And so yeah, it's just kind of an interesting thing from a guy's standpoint. I mean, let's be honest. It's mainly guys who are fucking this up. But there, you know, if you're a model listening to this, there are women out there who have fucking terrible etiquette, who you know do inappropriate things on set. Like it's not just like men. Like it's it, it, it could be anybody, and you just got to be mindful of that and you know be aware of that. Absolutely, you can make anyone uncomfortable by saying anything. You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Having an awareness is 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 so important. But fortunately, I haven't been around anyone, male or female, with that kind of behavior. I had a buddy of mine assist me the other day and he's a strictly nude photographer. And it's funny, we're having a conversation about it, uh, about like four or five months ago because he like all of his work is pretty much nude and like 
maybe maybe five percent at most of mine is even partially nude and you know, we're having a conversation. We both, like, we both kind of chalked it up to, it's just like, yeah, no, as soon as, as soon as that even comes into the question, you just, you just kind of pretend you're gay for a little bit, <laughs> 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 you know? Cause like, you know, like, like it's not about like being masculine or anything like that. It's about creating an environment where like everyone knows like it's, it's, it's okay. And then, you know, that the, the focus is the photograph and the I work itself Groby, and, and, and that you can move from one point to another podcast. seamlessly. Yeah. Discard the heterosexual male at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times, fun times. I lost my train of thought. I was going to talk about something. You, you have to bring something else up. So, so okay. So from, from start to finish, because independent models work so, so much on Instagram and social media, what are some common red flags that you wish you had paid more attention to in the past that now you use to vet photographers trying to work with you? Um, definitely. I wish I had more model friends and photographer friends when I first started off just to do like what Kevin did for me and just be honest about people around town. Um, I definitely wish I went to more group shoots and like group events and stuff like that and just met people in a group setting uh just grabbing coffee with someone sometimes is helpful um yeah I don't know I had really good experiences when I first started I tried really hard to just vet the people as much as I could um if they hop into your dms like very abruptly and just send you like a gif or whatever just send them in your rates they're probably not even serious you know Mm -hmm. Um, but it's kind of the same if they want to build a mutual relationship with you, if they're consistent with watching your work and watching you grow and it seems like they're actually, they actually care about you professionally, then, then that's when I pursue a photographer. I don't think it's smart. And I definitely did this when I first started, but to just immediately say, yes, I need TFP. Let's just immediately shoot right now. I don't know you, but tomorrow I'm available. It's, it's, it's definitely possible and it works out at times and i got lucky a bunch of times but you never know (laughs) yeah and for those of you listening tfp uh, if you're not familiar with the whole model uh, world tfp is just trade for print but basically it's just both parties are working for free they're working to build their portfolio uh and you know i i i do a lot of tfp work to build my portfolio and that work is what gets me paid gigs people hire me based off of my personal work i've always been a fan of like you know, people, people will hire you based off your personal work because it's what you're most passionate about. And they go, oh, that's where you're showing how good you are. Like I've had people hire me to do commercial jobs based off of shots I've taken of models because they know I can take pictures of people. But anyway, I just wanted to like talk about what TFP was just in case people didn't know. But it's, it's uh, you know, as long as you don't like go into some dude's house and turn it, get turned into a lampshade. That's, you know, you want to make sure you don't get turned into a yeah. lampshade. Don't go to Hannibal Lecter's <laughs> house and do, you know, and, and, and by the way, if you are listening, that's another thing. Like if you're a photographer getting started, you know, if you want to not give off the creepy vibes, don't put your studio in your garage. Okay. Like go, yeah. go work out of a professional space. Like I work in a public space where there's almost at just, unless I'm doing a shoot at like 10 or 11 p.m. at night, which I have 24-7 access to my studio, there's always a front door staff. There's always people around. I don't have to worry about like my model, like, you know, if it's the first time I'm working with them, like, you know, I, I, you know, there's no red flags, but there's always, always you know, women see, women see the world a lot differently than men do. There's always going to be something in that their the back of their mind. And I know I'm speaking when we have a woman here, but there's, <laughs> there's always like that small chance, like, okay, I need to like know where the exits are yeah. and things like that. They, they don't see the world the same way that we do. 
Am I right? Yeah. And you can always test people a little bit too. Like I've had someone that I had already shot with a few times, but then he wanted me to shoot at his home studio after the first two times that we did outdoor shoots. And I said, okay, but I'm, is it okay if I bring someone with me? Oh yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember the first time I ran into that, uh-huh. uh, somebody used the word escort. Like I want to bring an escort with me. I was like, an escort is something you buy in Vegas if you're a sleazy dude. What the fuck is an <laughs> escort? And they just like, you mean a, like a friend? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can bring a friend. Why are you calling him an escort? Like th- that's a weird term. I'm sorry. Just bring your friend with yeah. you. Like I'm, I'm actually fine with, uh, like, here's my thing. If the person who is on set isn't like, so for instance, like I don't shoot minors, so I don't have to worry about this, but like sometimes minors, minors have to have their parents with them. Like when I do shoot minors, like I won't like, we're, this, we're not even going to have, we're not going to, this is a non-starter unless like your parents are there. Mm-hmm. I, I shoot a minor maybe once or twice a year because it's some like a friend's daughter or something. And they want me to do some portfolio work for them. But you know, I don't want somebody in the room that changes the way you model a jealous boyfriend, a parent, you know, like your, your boyfriend has been on set and he's been totally fucking cool. Like I'm, 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 I'm fine with him. He's, he's awesome. But like anybody who changes the way you model, I don't want them on set period. I need to get the best results period. If it's somebody, you know, who is helpful, like they were looking at your hair and, you know, I'm I'm totally fine with that. But point being is if there's, you know, I want to, if you have a 1% chance in your mind that, Oh, something weird might happen. Bring that escort. That's what we're going to see. Use that terrible term. Bring your friend with you. So you that 1% turns into 0%. Because I, I, I just need you to focus on being a badass model. And, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, that's, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, if, if you're you know, a model listening to this, uh, you know, and, and a photographer is super like resistant to you bringing somebody with you, don't work with them. Like yeah. just, it's not even worth it. I don't even care how good they are. I don't care how good it is for, for your portfolio. Now, listen to that with like, is it your boyfriend that they don't want there? Like they, they might push back because they don't want somebody, you know, well, as I brought up somebody that maybe they think would alter the way you shoot. So offer an alternative like, okay, well you don't want my boyfriend here. Is it okay if I bring my, my friend, Yeah, you know? And then, then if they say no, then like, fuck that. Like, and that's exactly what happened to me in that scenario. I got an immediate reply back and it was, well, I don't feel comfortable having anybody else in my house. And I said, thank you for reaching out, but I don't think we should work together anymore. <laughs> yeah, he probably had a secret camera somewhere. Like, get changed in this room. <laughs> yeah. And, or, and it, was, well. it was previously talked about that it would be slightly nude. And, you know, partially nude. And so yeah. I was like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's... Just getting, test them getting partially sure. Getting partially nude in someone's house, like, yeah. red flag, yeah. red if, flag. If you're not sure, then just don't go with it. Yeah, yeah, like... Don't, yeah, don't do it. I, I think that's all very good advice for, for potential models listening because, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but a lot of them are just, uh, they're naive. They're young. They don't know any better. It's a life experience thing. And like, I'm, I look at it being twice their age. I'm like, please don't like, yeah. So this guy wants me to go over to his house to shoot. I'm like, stop. Yeah. Like, no, like, <laughs> like no, like tell him to rent a studio out if it's that important for his portfolio. Cause I, I, you know, Brandon spends money on stuff to make his shoots better. I've spent money on stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about getting a fake Louis Vuitton handbag for a shoot and setting it on fire. It'll be fun. Yeah. I want to get a real one, but I don't have that kind of money. I got to buy Moss. Yeah. He's got to buy Moss. Is moss. So expensive. Yeah, 25 square feet cheap <laughs> Moss. Yep. I got to order it soon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if, 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 if he wants to work with you partially nude that bad, pay for a fucking studio. Yeah. You know, um, and you know, it's like, uh, 
you know, the differences between signed and unsigned models. Most agencies I, I test with won't let me do anything that involves nudity. It's in their contract. Like they, they're just like, you can't test with their models topless. Not, not that I'm looking for that, but it's just, it's in the contract that I signed. And so, you know, being an unsigned model, you know, even though maybe your goal isn't to be with an agency, that's kind of the standard they're operating on. And it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't test with people if it's not some crazy thing for my portfolio, you know, and I'm not saying you do that. I'm just saying like anybody listening, like if you're unsigned and uh, another thing I want to talk about with models that's kind of interesting because I was talking about the difference between a subject and a model is that I find that uh, a lot of the subjects, the people, who, the, these women who slide into my DMs are, are like women who are told that they, oh, you, you're so pretty, you should be a model. And I think that people are very ignorant about like how high on the list being beautiful is uh, as far as being a good model. It's like everybody I shoot is attractive, whether they're male or female. Like I don't, I don't wake up and go, you know what? You're fucking ugly. We should work together. I mean, everybody I work with, looks good. I want to take a picture of them. At least they look good to me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I, oh, I, I reach out to them or they reach out to me and I agree. And so I think people put beauty so fucking high on the list, but I just, I just, we're, we're commenting. We think it's kind of funny that most of the models we work with who are like the most in tune with their bodies and are super badass in front of the camera, when the second they, they get off set, they flip that switch and they just get into frumpy outfits and they're not put <laughs> yeah. together. And it's like, but it's funny because the women who slide into our DMs who want to like do the, they're always put together 24 seven. And they think that being beautiful is the point. And it's like, it's like, man, I know some models like when they don't have their makeup on and they're just like all frumpy and you walk by them on the street, you wouldn't even know they were a fucking model. Yeah. No, it's true. It's also because it's there's so much work and thought behind modeling and making it there to whatever you're trying to look like or whatever, that when you're not on the job, who gives a shit? Well, I also look at it like this. One, being put together is part of your job. So you kind of feel like you're at work if you're spending all this time doing your makeup. And especially when you're like, you get used to other people doing your makeup for you. You're like, that's kind of yeah. cool. But but not just that, but I think it's a confidence thing. It's like, no, I'm a, I'm a professional model. I do this. I'm in tune with my body. I know I'm pretty because I'm doing, I'm work, I'm walking at New York Fashion Week for fuck's sake. You know, like I know I'm pretty. It's not an arrogance thing. It's just like, I know I'm, you know, I know I'm beautiful and that people think I'm beautiful. So I don't feel like I need to fucking flaunt it and show it off 24 seven to people. Yeah. And I think, there's a lot of models that really go very natural on the day-to-day, -day, and I think it's a really good for, you know, that's why the whole off-duty model look exists, right? Yeah, it's, and it's just something I've learned, I've like, learned over the years is like, wow, all these models, like, there's this correlation between the models that I like to work with the most and how much they look like shit when they're not, <laughs> when they're not, when they're not in model mode. They're just kind of like, I'm going to wear some torn jeans and a tank top. I wear men's clothes 90% of my life. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, but it, you know, I have models I know that skateboard and they just like dress like skateboarders all day long and, you know, don't give a shit what they're wearing. And then, yeah. then when, then when they get put together by a team, you're like, whoa, <laughs> like they, they look like a supermodel. It's like, yeah. Yeah, they don't have to be put together 24-7. I think that's great. Um, so as a model, there's there's usually a distinction between knowing that you're the primary subject and knowing that you are the mannequin for the subject of clothing. And do you, is there any difference in your modeling that kind of delineates those two things? So like if, if we're doing a concept shoot and like you are explicitly the subject of the concept and, and your form and all that sort of stuff versus 
okay, we're doing a commercial shoot and we just, you know, we need the clothes to look really good on you. Like, is there a certain distinction that you make between those two styles of modeling? Yeah, I feel like I definitely go into it with a different like headspace because when I'm like shooting for a clothing brand, I'm thinking about, okay, I want to get the label of the clothes and I'm thinking about poses that would look good with what I'm wearing and when I do like a conceptual shoot, I'm obviously going off of like inspo and whatever we want to do with what we planned or whatever. And when you do the uh, when you do the uh, clothing shoots, you turn on your runway face. You're <laughs> yeah. You're, you're just like kind of I don't want to say lifeless, but you're not like overly happy. You're just kind of neutral, apathetic. Yeah, you're neutral because you're not the star of the show. The clothes are the star of the show. Yeah. The commercial face. Right, but when you're working with somebody like me, because well, I pretty much build most of my editorials around the personalities of the model, you tend to show off your personality a little bit more. Like, we're going to go do after we're done recording the session. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of, that does it for today's episode. We want to thank Sophia Bashan for coming in today. I will leave a link uh, in the description below for her Instagram. And uh, speaking of links, check us out at F11Pod. Com. You can check us out at Twitter and Instagram at F11Pod. Those are our handles. Uh, and we do thank uh, Luminar for sponsoring today's episode. Uh, if you want to sponsor this uh, channel, you're listening, uh, hit us up. Our uh, emails are in the contact section of F11Pod.com. Uh, I, we thank each and every one of you, and we will see you next week. And until next time, chase light, not algorithms. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about this podcast, go to www.f11pod.com.